Welcome to Cancelled. We are back. Uh, thank you all for sticking with us, uh, sticking with us through Colcheck. I had a lot of fun watching that show with uh, the mayor of Austin Comedy, Mr. Pat Dean. It was a <laughs> super fun show, uh, and I feel like we're following it up with another good one. That laugh you just heard, the one and only Michael Folk. How's Michael Folk? How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. How are you, Chris? Not bad. Not bad. How's uh, how's things? Good. I'm. I, I've, I'm being very busy lately, um, mm-hmm. but like all in like stuff that I want to do, which is nice. Sure. I, I think that like previously I've been busy with like a lot of stuff for other people, and like right now it's been like good and all projects that I'm excited about. That's awesome. And you guys, uh, your show, your storytelling show, Green for Queer Mountain, that just had its fourth, four year anniversary, right? That's true. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, we just had a four year anniversary and started a new queer film theory show at Alamo Draft House, which that's was cool. Tight. We'll plug that. We'll do plugs at the end. Word or word, yeah. No, that's all good. Um, have you, you probably didn't see it yet. Have you seen this Kendall Jenner Pepsi ad yet? No, I have not. Oh, boy. Woo. What is it? What's going on? All right, so it's like a, it's like two and a half minutes. It's a long commercial. And, yeah, it's like a like a little short film made by Pepsi. Okay. And it's like, it's a fucking, they're just like, they're trying to co-opt wokeness, right? So it's like a, it's like a protest and it's marching through the street and there's these various artists and it's like, there's a guy who's like playing the fucking cello or something, but sure. oh, he gets all mad because it's not playing right and then. There's a, there's a there's a woman who's like looking at pictures that she's taken, and then she suddenly just gets furious at them and like wipes them off the table. It's like Muslim woman, and then it's like Kendall Jenner's like at a modeling shoot. That's her art, and she's oh, okay. pictures taken. But one by one, they all get swept up into this protest, and they go out into the streets. And at the end, Kendall Jenner gives a cop a Pepsi. There's like a cop, like a line of cops, so she gives one a Pepsi and opens it and has a sip. And the whole protest is like, yeah, it's the it's. I'm not wow. doing justice to how bad slash crazy it is. The protest is just it, it literally every every sign just says like love or like a peace sign. Like there's no there's no one's taking a statement. There's no yeah. one's taking a stance on it. What it seems like they're like like the the protest if the end result is like it's protesting thirst or like lack of high fructose corn syrup. It's so it's fucking. Bad. That's super weird because I guess like the 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 idea at the end is supposed to be she's like sort of like the putting the flower and the and the gun, the, and, the gun yeah, and it's like sure. but it's like a corporate soft drink. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna put this corporate soft drink in your yeah, gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's insane. I would have. I you know what? I would actually like it. I, I want to watch it now, but I would no, actually you, you like it, it if she got to the cop and then she just poured a Pepsi in his gun. <laughs> um, and it's sort of like a, maybe at that point, then it's like a little tongue in cheek. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. It's not. It's not. It, no, it is it's fucking super sincere shit right now. Honestly. And awkward. Yeah, it, and it's so like it keeps saying like hashtag the the uh, the resistance and like join the conversation is like all the signs. What conversation? Are we talking about Pepsi? No, you know what it is. They're resisting Coca Cola. It's, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. it's the fucking Cola Wars. Yeah, back. right. Because like I mean, that's where we're going. Is what Pepsi's saying, and they're like starting early with their propaganda. <laughs> Fired that first shot. It's a good thing for them. Coca Cola is busy. Murdering union organizers in South America. That's how to get too woke. Briscoe, the adventures of Briscoe County Junior. Yes. Uh, now you did not watch this one originally out, right? 
Um, well, so, no, I think I for sure, I'm, I was aware of it, right. and I for sure probably caught an episode, but when this was sure. originally coming out, I was eight. Okay, so yeah, this stuff there. Um, oh, god damn, I'm old. When is this show out? 93, 94. Yeah, I was like... About to graduate high school. Word. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I'm 31, about to be well, that, 32. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I was like, I was like eight ish, eight or nine. Yeah. Um, and so I was aware of it, but not in the way where like the only thing my ro- the only room my head had was like Ninja Turtles. Sure, 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 and sure. like, yeah, not like plots of like sci-fi steampunk westerns. <laughs> I will say. I could see a kid liking this show. For sure. It's and super goofy in, in a lot of ways. Like, mm-hmm. it's camp. It's very camp. But in, like, like real camp. I see a lot of times people go, oh, it's camp, but it's just bad or it's got a little budget or something. Yeah. This yeah. is, like, actual camp. Well, I think this it was made in response to Indiana Jones, yes? Yeah, well, this the, the creators wrote the screenplay for Indiana Jones. Yes. And last crusade, and the people of Fox were like, "We love your work. Do something like that over here." Was this on at the same? I don't know why you would know this, but was this on at the same time as Indiana Jones Junior? Or no, or Young Indiana young Jones? Indiana Jones. Yeah, I don't know because like it seems it feels like it falls in line with that as well. Sure, but that had a bigger budget, I'm sure. Well, I would imagine. Um, Just after this is uh, Young Indiana Jones is ninety two ninety three. Okay. It seems like it's definitely in that time where, like, maybe in that point of the 90s, we were really having a love affair with, like, the Old West. Because it's also around the time, I feel like, Back to the Future 3 is coming out. Sure, that also makes sense. And it's like, we're like, you know what? We've been going to the future. We've been doing all yeah, this stuff. Let's, let's go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like uh, when they made, like, there was a time when, like, uh, what was that movie? The Core? Uh, and then there was mm-hmm. another one. There was like a, they had the, there were two. There was like volcano and fucking Dante's Peak. There yeah, was the core and something else. And it was like we've been going to space this whole time. No, the new new space is in. We yeah. go in the Earth. It's fucking stupid. There was like I feel like at the same time there was like the core was around the same time as Deep Impact too, mm-hmm. which was also not that, that far from Armageddon. Yeah, yeah. And it's like everyone was like, no, no, no it's meteors. It's right. like the, somehow I feel like these writers. All like have some weird group mind. Yeah, yeah like, absolutely. There's yeah. some like collective unconscious shit going on. And also, what's weird is it's like there's so there's always that right. Mm-hmm. Dante Peak volcano. There's Deep Impact Armageddon. There's always like these weird things like that. But you got to remember that that shit was written like uh, two years before you're seeing it. Yeah. So how are, you know what I mean? So I never understand like how they knew. Oh, the, the country's really going to be in the fucking uh, meteors in two years. That's someone's job for sure. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, like yeah, tracking yeah. trend, and, like prediction yeah. trends and shit. Yeah. Because um, I feel like right now, like the zeitgeist, and we're going to see the end of it pretty soon. I'm sure is just movies about shitty or TV shows and movies about shitty losers in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. there's been so many shows and things about just people struggling and like normal ass people struggling in New York. Um, and I feel like that's gotta that bubble's gotta burst soon. Yeah, because I definitely. feel like with like girls surfing or not surfing, <laughs> what is it called? Crashing, crashing, yeah, like yeah, girls yeah, yeah, crashing. Yeah. In a sense, kind of insecure, even though insecure is super dope. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, but again, like, similar. Yeah, similar. Just like, what do I do? I'm in yeah, my yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of what do I do right now? Sure. And I feel like people are going to get tired of it, or maybe already have. Yeah, that backlash might already be in effect. Uh, I definitely watched the show when it was on. Okay. Uh, I watched every episode. This I'm is when you were big a big nerd. A I'm probably in I'm New York? 16. Yeah, I'm living in New York. Okay. Um, I'm 
16? Well, what is it? 93, 94? So, yes, I'm about to, I'm six, 15 to 16 in that range. Okay, cool. Um, huge nerd. Watching X-Files every week. Great. I'm watching fucking The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. I'm a huge Bruce Campbell fan at that point. Okay. From Evil Dead. Sure. Um, so watching this again, I was like, oh, fuck. This is going to end up being really bad, and it's going to taint the memories of the thing that I still have, like, fond memories of. Sure. No! I fucking loved it! I watched these episodes, and I was like, no, this is exactly what I want! It really hits a lot of notes that, like, it... I, I feel like I say this a lot, like, but it knows what it is. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. not trying to be anything no, else. No, there's no overreach on this show's behalf. They're like, we're, we're going to tell slightly off-kilter stories. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a mash of genres, and we're going to be real goofy when we do it. For sure. Like, if anyone in the writer's room started, like, mentioning pathos or something, they were fired on the spot. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, They were like, yeah, yeah. you're it's overthinking no, it, Tom. Yeah, yeah, stop, Tom. That's not this show, Tom. <laughs> yeah, and which I, I think is lovely. Like, I, like there's yeah. no attempt to make it, like, heavy or serious there's at all. No, yeah, I just, and the one attempt that kind of has, and even in that attempt, it's campy. Uh, but the, it's like the one like emotional moment in the pilot mm. is at the end. So, brief overview: Briscoe County was a famous uh, marshal cleaning up the West, left and right. Mm-hmm. Manhunter was the best in the in the whole in the whole West or whatever. He dies. His son is Briscoe County Junior, played by Bruce Campbell, and he gets hired to come track down some bad guys, and that's kind of where the show starts. Sure, and like so, and like also Briscoe County Senior doesn't just die; he gets shot by ten men, and they really, they really like ten men simultaneously yeah. shoot him because that's how much it takes to take down the great Briscoe County yeah. Senior. There's no, and so that yeah. conceit's going the whole show is that he's hunting down. He's hunting down the bad guys that yeah, are all... the bad guys he's hunting down are also the ones who are involved in, in killing his Yeah, life. and then the main one is played by Billy, Billy Drago. Dra- Drago, Drago, whatever, Drago. and like he... Elliot Ness from Untouchables, you yeah. see him in a ton of shit. The creepiest guy. He, the, he, like, he could do nothing else but be a bad guy in movies, because... No, like you can't work at Starbucks and look like that. No yeah. one will. Your people no. will be uncomfortable. No, like, you, you have to work evil. night shift. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, in, yeah. In, in like in like packaging yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you just make people uncomfortable. He looks in this. I'm, I feel bad, but like he looks like someone like gave a sneeze a body. <laughs> like he or like you know in um and like he looks like the the human version of like the bad. Pollution thing from Fern Gully. Like, <laughs> just, yeah, no, he just embodied. Yeah, he definitely looks like this is going to be a horrible sentence, but like, like, like if a burn victim didn't look like a burn victim, like if he was, he looks rubbery in that in a way that scar tissue kind of looks, but he's not scarred. He just is like he looks slick. There's like, something like, unnatural. Like about his the way skin he looks. might be really cold. Like, <laughs> a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you touch him. There wouldn't be bones. It would just be Mm-mm. soft. You know what I mean? Like foamy in a weird way. Or like, or like, you know, in the X Men movie, whenever the the senator gets those weird oozy powers, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he can't hold his form. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What yeah. <laughs> him constantly in mid phase. Yeah, he looks like he's in between. Like he uh, he got taken out of his cocoon too early, and he didn't get to become a butterfly. So now he's just a worm man. Rest in peace, Billy Drago. We really just roasted the shit out of him for no reason <laughs> just, at all. But he does look evil. Um, 
But I, also I didn't know in he that was crew, dead, yeah. in that crew of bad guys, you've got MC, what's his name? MC Gainey, I think is his name, who's like the big Rick or Big Smith. Okay. Big Smith, uh, who would go on to be in a ton of stuff, including Lost, which makes sense because Carlton Cruz, who was one of the co-creators of the show, went on to write like thirty-eight episodes of Lost. Wow. I mean, he's, he's written a ton. He's a very successful teacher. Yeah. Well, like, so- continuously, he's still. I think the last thing he did was probably was. Um, if I remember as I had to be right, it was a Bates Motel. Okay. So, like, he's, like, he's been working consistently ever since. Well, I think it seems like almost everybody involved in this was. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, they've got real talented people and, like, actors that may not have blown the world, taken the world by storm, but have been consistently working in things ever since. Like, real journeyman fucking actors, you know what I mean? Yeah, because, like, of, like, his crew... Yeah, even just his gang, you recognize, like, half of them. Yeah, and, like, Briscoe County's, like, friends that he amasses... um, Is, like, one of them is fucking Gomez Adams, which was driving me insane. I was like... Because I I knew it was, like, I couldn't place John Aston, and I was like, who... Who are you? Why do I know you? You big-eyed, like, crazy... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's great. And, what, and he's he's fucking he's he's Gomez. Turn down the goth and add a little bit of uh, Christopher Lloyd back to the future. It, it's you know so Christopher I mean? Lloyd. Yeah, yeah. It's so. But he's, but he's perfect. I love yeah. Him. It's so everyone's doing the most. <laughs> Everybody is one hundred percent committed to acting their ass off, including maybe the most actory acting his ass off. Uh, who's just a mid-level bad guy in the gang? Uh, Pete. Yeah, Pete. Nobody, nobody touched Pete's piece. Yeah, which is whew, we'll talk about some of those comments in a little bit. But um, he is chewing every bit of scenery that is anywhere near him, and I in the best possible way. Yeah, that, in the way that he's like, oh, I'm, I see what the show I'm in. in. I'm going to be a fuck like classic. Like he should be twirling a mustache. Like, every he's scene. Must have been so exhausting for him to shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he's just constantly, he looks like his muscles are tense at all yeah. moments. You know what I mean? It made me think of like one of those like character acting roles. Um, oh god, like uh, like uh, what's his name? The Worm Tongue guy. Oh, sure, he was sure, amazing, sure. Yeah, and yeah. he played Chucky and yeah, X Files. Uh, uh, Brad Dourif. Yeah, Brad Dourif. Yeah, where he's. I'm just like you. Love this. There is nowhere else you want to be right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I want to talk about this show, this pilot, Great. as a pilot for a second. Because I really felt... Now, first starters, as we haven't mentioned, it's a two-part pilot. Uh, so the first two episodes, they aired together. Mm. And it was a, that's how the, that was the pilot. So it was like almost an hour and a half of actual movie, of a TV show. Yes. I thought they did... A tremendous job of establishing what the universe of the show is and what kind of tone the show is going to have almost immediately. So if the show opens and okay, it's a little uncomfortable. The yeah. show the show opens and we meet we we see a group of uh, Chinese laborers working on the railroad. Yes. Um, I feel like there's a bit of like ding, 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 music playing. There is, is a awkward. fair amount of that. In there's, a, there's like bad set. There's, okay, let's get let's just address the racism of the show real quick, and then we'll get back to the pilot. Sure. There is some uncomfortable pre woke. It's not malignant. It's not like it's not. I don't think it's like meant badly. It's just what shit was kind of. So sure. Like, for, I'll give you an example. At one point, three. 
uh, Asian karate guys show up at Briscoe County Junior's uh, hotel to attack him. When he opens the door, you see these three guys, and then there's immediately a dong, like a like a gong, gong sound yeah. that accompanies just the presence of Asian people, right? <laughs> like, yeah, like that's not great. Um, and then, like, that's, like, a... It's really played up in a way that, like, I feel like was always done at this time. And I've definitely seen worse. Sure. as I was first watching it, I was like... Well, before I even started to watch it, I was like, Western, 90s, there's gonna be some real problematic shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and as soon as this episode started, I was like, oh, word, cool. Check the box. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we're going right in. Um, and thankfully, it's not... But I think it it's not... inaccurate to not have Asian... <sighs> Railroad workers, right? I think that there is what 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 is the fact that it's played for laughs sure. in a sense at times is where it gets a little wonky. Oh, for sure. Um, uh, because and of course it's that's what this show is. Um, and luckily it really isn't oh, focused on that much. No, no, it it kind of just passes in like. It's so casual that it's almost more uncomfortable because mm-hmm. it, there's never it's, it's not like one central bad guy who's like get those goddamn gooks to work. You know what I mean? Where he does call them coolies at one point, which is uncomfortable. Which but I did not know that. That's a racial slur. For, okay. Particularly like it, like the imagine the drawing of an Asian person in the in the, the hat, the sort of like okay. the hats they were wearing, and like the long mustache. Like if you pictured a cartoon propaganda poster, sure. That'd be a coolie. Well, that's too um, bad. Yeah. yeah so that's, not, so that's awkward. But for the most part, it's just sort of thrown away. It's the gong noise when the Asian people show up. It's the. I mean, it's I think Lord it's just. Lord Bowler's weird way of talking. That's. I actually really enjoy Lord Bowler, but. Ugh. Oh, the Lord Bowler is the. Is the black uh, bounty hunter. Who. I know him from something else, but I you do know not him, place him. I'm going to guess as. Excuse me. Shonuff, the Shogun of Harlem in uh, The Last Dragon. There we go. I yeah, would, yeah. That's his most famous role. Um, he also doing the most. Um, oh, for sure. Doing he, the most. he is doing. What I love actually about this show in general is like moving a little towards like, like, a, like uh, across the board. It's one of those shows that really employs eyebrow acting um, <laughs> a, a lot. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. someone off camera going, no, 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 say it with your brows. <laughs> like really, because yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. And I also feel like in the audition, people were like, so how. How how much control do you have over your eyebrows? I mean, can, like if you can't raise one only or make them both go crazy high, we're we're gonna go another direction. You know what I mean? Like they just needed to know that right away. We need your eyebrows to be like the Wonka Vader. Yeah. Uh, they actually have to be able to move in all well, directions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, but yeah, there's definitely. I, I was expecting it to be a little bit more actually racially yeah, insensitive. It's not that bad. They I mean, other than the, the Asian stuff, which even that, it's like, they're the good guys. You know what I mean? They're not some weird evil villains. Yeah. You think they are initially, but then we find out later. We'll get to that in a second. Sure. Let me, let me real quick just get back to what I was saying about the show as a pilot. Okay. I feel like within the first max 10 minutes, we establish exactly what the tone of this show is going to be, which is a difficult task to pull off considering it's going to be a sci-fi steampunk western. Sure. You know what I mean? And, but, and they get 
all of those elements in right away. So initially, we, we, we see these Chinese workers working on the railroad. Mm-hmm. Uh, we follow them into a mine, where, and they're clearly like slaves. They're chained together. Um, they unearth this odd gold object that's like it's got like weird knobs. It's like a, it's like a big gold sphere. Yeah. Uh, but also has like protruding knobs sticking out of it for like, sure all over it. Uh, that orb suddenly gives them superpowers, and they're able to break out of their chains, like lightning bolts hit them and whatnot. And they're able to break out of their chains and free themselves. So that's the opening scene of this show. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, holy shit! That this is going to be a, not what I was expecting. I was only expecting a western, and it is clearly more supernatural than that. And they did it in a way that I no, like. Uh, no dialogue. Yeah, and it's like yeah, show don't tell, and there's no like um, there's no scrolling yeah, text yeah, yeah, yeah. that you. There's no, it's no laziness in that. It's like, yeah. okay, we'll show you. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was really, really effective. Uh, next, we meet Briscoe County Senior, played by Arlie Irby. He's on a train transporting. I couldn't tell if it was just the rest of his, like, people. Like, I kind of like that moment. There's a reporter on the train, mm-hmm. and the reporter's, like, trying to get, like, a story out of him. And he's like, oh, the great Briscoe County, you track these men down what, single-handedly. And he goes, you hear that, boys? Single-handedly. And, like, his whole... His gang, like his posse or whatever, is all there. Yeah. They kind of give the guy the stink eye or whatever, and it's like, oh, that's like a, an endearing quality of this. It's to show what a good guy this is, so that he's not—he's not like some braggadocious, braggadocious hero. He's like this humble guy who wants everybody to get the credit, like that kind of thing. Yeah, like, in two and, seconds yeah, to know him. So yeah. it's like that's <laughs> yeah. Like you immediately get who this character is. Oh, you're a, you're a huge hero, but you're also like humble and good. Uh huh. And then so and like. Talking about like him, you know, putting down bad guys and all this like classic Western stuff. And then, in maybe my favorite gag, you see a guy painting. There's like it cuts to a guy, and he's just sort of painting a, a relief of a, of a scene. And then what you realize is they have put a giant rock on the railroad tracks. And he has painted the front of it so it would appear to be not there. He's mm-hmm. painted it to camouflage it into the rest of the environment so that the train will run into this rock. It's the most wily coyote fucking <laughs> friend on sure. the planet. And I'm like immediately like, oh, this show's gonna be fucking super goofy and funny too. And that hadn't really been established yet. It's like you not you hit every type of tone that this show's gonna have inside of ten minutes. And all very effectively. Yeah, I also really love the conversation that the the bad guys are having. The painter and the painter, yeah, yeah, for sure. And they're having like sort of like a little like snarky back and forth about like painting ability and like and like what it looks like. And it's like, oh, you're the villains, but like you're silly. Yeah, yeah. So very silly. Yeah, Um, and sort of inept, but also they do make the train stop. Yeah, a, a little, like, sort of inept, except the train does stop, and they do murder everyone. Like, oh, for sure. Also, there's not, like, it's a show where it could go to a place of, like, oh, the bad guys will just get tied up or whatever. No, a lot of these people die. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of murder. Um, which is good. It adds real stakes to a show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, so, we, uh, we mean... There's a few characters. There's a it's a fairly large cast, oddly enough, for this fat, for this type of show. We meet uh, Socrates Poole, mm-hmm. <clears throat> who has been tasked with hiring a bounty hunter to track down 
these bad guys who have hit this train and killed these people. They've, they, they killed Briscoe County and they've stolen gold or something. They've stolen something. They've, they've, done, they've done bad guy stuff. They've done bad guy shit. They've done classic bad guy shit. Socrates is a lawyer for what they call the Five Barons, I which think. is basically just. Rich it's like white the, men. yeah, it's like a, it's the people. It's the this guy who owns the railroad tracks. This guy owns the bank. This guy owns yeah. the fucking whatever. It's a five like the he owns all the cattle. It's like the five barons. Yeah, like if Briscoe County would have killed them, then we'd have a much different America. You know what I mean? Like, like things might have been better if like that room yeah, they're in that office had just burned down. Absolutely, no. Those are clearly like. Oh, you're actually just uh, Mr. Wells Fargo. Oh, like, no, you're, you're th- that guy. They're still alive. Yeah. <laughs> like, they are for oh, sure. they've been living off the blood of fucking the innocents. Yeah, they're, they're inside, like, a Darth Vader-esque, like, containment thing that's just, like... No, they're inside of a black dude <gasps> whose brain they've cut a hole yeah, in. Yeah, they get have... Get out style. They get it out. Yeah, they've gotten, gotten out. out. <laughs> Um, oh no, spoilers. It's fine. Um, it's been out for a while. Go see it. It's like the hottest movie in America right now. If you Sorry didn't see about it, the you. spoilers. Get out. I apologize. It was also, I learned, I still saw today, the highest grossing debut mm-hmm. uh, based on an original idea, like an original screenplay in history. Yep. It's huge. Big That's dope. Uh, anyway, we now, uh, so he's supposed to hire a bounty hunter. He. Hires Briscoe County Jr. Yes. Who is Bruce Campbell? Who is Harvard? He's a Harvard-educated former lawyer, lawyer bounty hunter. Bounty hunter. Yes, uh, they're all very <laughs> excited about his pedigree. They're like, "Oh, I like this man's history. He's a, Har- he's a Harvard man, and he's whatever." Well, you're supposed to kind of get the yeah. He was like Harvard, but then he was also like, "Is he an idiot savant?" Like, <laughs> no. See, I don't. I don't think he's ever really played as the idiot. He gets into a lot of fucking like. I think trouble follows him, but he doesn't really make like bad decisions that I mean, get him in trouble. He gets snuck up on a lot. He like, gets snuck up on a couple times. Yeah, like more than then, I anticipated. But also, he's able to like pull off other shit really well. Like when he hot when he like gets himself into the gang and mm-hmm. then he pretends to be this you know other gunfighter and he's able to infiltrate this gang. So he's able to do stuff. He's got skill sets. Yeah, I guess um, yeah for sure. We meet and we meet him. Uh, he find, so he his introduction is he is tied up and he's being accused of cheating uh, this other villain at cards. Mm-hmm. He has a very fake beard that I don't understand. I think it's only because I don't think Bruce Campbell can grow a beard because he only has it for that one scene and then it's gone. So just have him grow a beard. Like have him. It's it's so short. It's not a full beard. Yeah. So like it's like two days. Just have him not shave for a couple days and then shave and then shave. It it was it, it I feel like it was like supposed to be like a bad disguise, yeah. but then it's like no, it's, it's, his, it's supposed to be his beard, right? But uh, I, yeah, I don't but know. He's being accused of cheating this guy at cards. He's maintaining his innocence. Uh, eventually, we find out he was innocent. It was the other guy was cheating at cards. There's a we we meet one of the central characters of the show, uh, Bruce Campbell's horse named Comet, who gets. Comet's the best. Comet gets a, um, like a a screen grab during the credits. Yeah, yeah. Comet's a, like, yeah, Comet's yeah, a yeah, starring yeah, character, yeah, yeah. which like, I know it's like in the next episode, but yeah. I was like, oh shit, the horse is on the, <laughs> the opening, opening credits? credits? It's fantastic. That's so great. Uh, he's being he's like, he's sitting on the horse and he's strung up and they're going to smack the horse and have run out of him and hang Briscoe County. Classic. But, Classic, you know. but the, but he's he has such control over the horse that he's like Comet, cool, and Comet does it like they keep smacking the horse and the horse won't run. 
which felt a little weird also. There's a lot of things with the bad guys in this, like Pete and his piece and then also this guy just like slap that horse yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, a little yeah, filthy it's a little filthy it's a little sure. weird oh and when we meet <laughs> dixie cousins it gets very filthy right um but the horse won't run and eventually we find out that the other guy is the one who was cheating the cards uh risco at that point like basically like the guy starts pulling like they they all pull out guns pointing them at each other the rope that he's strung up by gets shot by one of the bullets, and he's like, go, Connor, go! And he takes off to freedom. Those men are four feet from each other, max. They're like a, a horse a horse width distance from each other, and they must shoot 90 bullets, and nobody gets hit. They are standing closer than we are right now, and they hit no one. I was kind of thinking about that also, or in these shows. Do you think that there is a point... Or I, I don't know enough about guns. Yeah, where guns were like remarkably less accurate than they are now. That, that's absolutely true. That's absolutely. And I know true. that wouldn't excuse that, but I'm like thinking about like, all these times in like westerns where it's like, oh yeah, being that, ninety like, paces best, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, like, well, of course all, you can hit them, and it's like, I guess maybe it's yeah, like, the, yes, that is absolutely true. Guns accuracy has increased uh, significantly since then, uh, but even that, like. They're not the most accurate thing. Mm-hmm. Like handguns, it's pretty hard to hit. Well, and the chances of hitting the rope. Yeah, like, yeah, they're just fucking ridiculous. And they do that gag twice. They do that again in the second and the next episode. I would not be surprised if they do it and again. And I'd be fine with that, honestly. If that's their running gag, I'd be fine with it. Uh, he shows up for the meeting with the Barons, and, and maybe my second favorite gag. Uh-huh. He walks in, and then all of a sudden, the horse walks in behind him, and he's like... Connor, I told you to wait outside. Get going. We've had this, we've had this conversation before. And the horse like backs out of the room, all embarrassed. And then he goes outside. He goes, uh, "You have to. Apo- I have to apologize for Comet. He doesn't know he's a horse." And that's the end of the explanation for why Comet behaves the way he does. And it's fucking fine. I I love it. Comet doesn't it know. So yeah. Comet doesn't he's know like, he's a horse. I, I want to go to this fancy Baron meeting. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so much. That I'm enjoying in these episode in this episode, it's almost hard to. It's too much to take like, take on all of it. There are a couple big moments uh, for all the wrestling fans in the in, who are listening. Terry Funk is very briefly in this episode. Uh, who is that? Terry Funk's an old wrestler. Um, he's also a he's like a, a one of the bad guys in Roadhouse. He's very small okay. roles and things. But he's like an old timey wrestler. But there's a, and it's like the tiniest of cameos when they go to when him and Lord Bowler go before the judge because they got in that fight in the restaurant. Yes, yes. Uh, right when we go to that scene, you just there's a there's like a, a, a man's face and it's like sixty days, get him out of here, and he's just yanked out of the frame. Mm-hmm. That's him. That's just Terry Funk. Fun. It's okay. I mean, he was just fun. around. Yep. He was, I promise you, he was just around. He shot this in Texas, and he's like, yeah, all right. Um, so the big main characters we need to know that are going to be recurring, I think we need to introduce are uh, we've talked about uh, Socrates Pool. He's going to be the liaison between yeah Briscoe County and the Barons. And he's sort of a nebbish like he's like kind of erudite intellectual guy. A little Fay. A, a little. A little Fay, but more like more just nerd more just yeah. like he's like he's too smart for the old west you know what I mean well, yeah what I think yeah it's just like very posh yeah. and then and then also I, as I was watching I don't know this actor from much mm-hmm. but I was like oh this seems like sort of like an, a young Philip Seymour Hoffman role sure. he's definitely been in things I was looking I, I 
I can't remember what right now, but I went through his IMDb and I was like, oh, I know that guy from stuff. And Word. he was like in real things. Um, Lord Bowler, who we mentioned briefly, who's shown up to Shogun of Harlem in The Last Dragon, he is. Initially, he's Bruce Campbell's competition. They're yeah. both bounty hunters, and he, he has this story of like, when your father was still alive, I couldn't get shit because he got all the bounties. But now that he's gone, I'm going to, you know, claim my throne as the best bounty hunter in the land or whatever. Yes. Uh, he does the, he tries to scare Bruce Campbell off by playing dick, uh, Dynamite Chicken, where he like, they're in a restaurant, and he like lights a fucking stick of dynamite on the table, and it's just like, Play, boy? Yeah, and it's also Socrates is present for that, yeah. and is just having one of those like <laughs> he would be if it was an anime, he'd be doing like, <laughs> a yeah, anime and like, like the, the, the yeah, would be popping off more. And like the thing is, and Bruce Campbell's acting like like this weird chicken that's happening, and then like Socrates is like they're like they're like he's supposed to be viewed as like a little bitch about it or something. Yeah. But it's like it's fucking dynamite. Yeah, like, yeah. this isn't this is, cute. This is cute. <laughs> but but also Bruce Campbell is playing it like uh, he's like waiter, can we order some food? Like he's just not selling it at all. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty very fun. funny. It's pretty fun. Uh, eventually, Lord Bowler backs down right before it's going to explode. The other thing I want to say about this show, and it's every single commercial break. Everyone mm-hmm. is everybody's in severe peril. So oh. right before the commercial break, it's either this dynamite's about to explode, somebody's about to fall off a cliff, somebody's about to be set on fire. Like ever, the train's about to run them over. Like every single commercial break is fade out on peril. Yeah, there's one later that I thought was remarkably funny, uh, where they're like hanging on the edge, and the racist stereotype. Uh, Asian folks are trying to step on his hand. Yeah. And the way they make it peril, because it's only a two-story building. Yeah, yeah. The, the way they make it peril <laughs> is that there's a cart full of, like, sharp there's farm a, there's instruments. It's just full of pitchforks and, like, like size just like, for no reason and it's a long wagon it's huge it's, 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 it's like, like it's an 18 wheeler yeah yeah it's so many and it's just underneath them and that, that made me laugh very hard because otherwise they like you know it's yeah, not a fatal fall they might fall. break an ankle or something yeah. like this it's, it's fine it's not that far uh, and then uh, when we come back uh, they don't like get out of that moment Except that the guy comes and moves his cart. Yeah. And, he, and behind the cart full of, uh, of pitchforks, he's also towing a cart full of hay. Yeah. It's, it's so perfect. It's that tone in this show that I think really seals it for me, how much I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, if, another example, we see the villain's lair. Billy Drago and Big Smith, SMC Ganey, all the bad guys. He has a lair. It's in a cave. A very well decorated cave. He's oh. in a cave with a full crystal chandelier hanging from the ceiling, <laughs> a giant, like, giant oak round table that are all sitting around. There's an organ against one wall. There's a cook. At one point in the middle of the villain meeting, a cook walks in with a silver tray with, like, the dome with the flourish. He brings chicken or whatever. I'm like, why is he coming with food? They're in a cave. I love it so much. Yeah, and there's no explanation. It's not like, I'm glad we've had some time to really be, set yeah, this Yeah, nope, that's just, it's one of his, I, oh, fuck it, baby, I really enjoyed it. It was really fun. And um, so there's Lord Bowler. There's Lord Bowler, Billy Drago's the big bad guy, he's gonna, I feel like, come and go, if I remember correctly. He's not in every episode. Yeah. He'll be back. Um, <laughs> we meet the Weird Asian Stereotypes, which is the Scarred Foot Gang. Um, yes. 
he follows. I like this gag very much. He follows them back to their like temple or whatever, which is like underneath this store. He finds a medallion. It's long, but whatever. It all makes sense. He goes underneath. He gets there. He's hiding. He's watching this meeting, and he looks over, and there's a little like little Asian kid behind him, and he's like, and the kid kind of nods, and he's like, and he looks back to looking, and the kid immediately just fucking smashes the paws on his head. Yeah. I was like, yeah, of course. Why would he listen to you? I don't yeah. understand why you think he's like not whatever. Uh, we meet the Scarred Foot Gang, and of course it's led by James Hong, because of course James Hong is in this movie. Um, for those of you who don't know James Hong, he is uh, David Lopan in Big Trouble in Little China. He's l- the old Asian man in literally everything. He stayed working. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, um, they're going to make him fight. We fight. They're called the Scarred Foot Gang because they all fight on hot coals, so all their feet are fucking burnt and scarred. Yeah. Um, and we're about to make a fight until we find out the, the, he sees uh, Briscoe's gun, which is his father's old gun. He's like, where'd you get that gun? He's like, my father's son or whatever. And they're like, oh, we love... I made, like, he, the, James Holland carved the handle of the gun because Briscoe Downey did him this huge favor. We love you. The, he's saved. Uh, I hope the Scarfoot cannon comes back. They have not yet, but I want them to be more present. What I, I kind of like the gag. Yeah, it was it was fun, and it was. But what I also thought about was like, and like, uh, I I have this problem where like I plug in like realism into these things, and I'm sure. like, you don't have the proper care for doing this. <laughs> no, like, no, you definitely there's be, no antiseptic. A lot of infection. Like, for sure. a, like a, it would be like the no foot gang. Like <laughs> most of these feet would be amputated <laughs> poorly. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> like, the, like drastic infections. Uh, but I thought that was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, we meet Dixie Cousin. Oh, my favorite. Who is a like body singer at the at the saloon. The right? most body. The bodiest. She's <laughs> just singing a song about how horny she is. She's horny at all times. She <laughs> is the most hard up for dick I've ever seen it's, anyone. It's, and like it's like to an absurd extreme. Whereas at one point they they find themselves on uh He's pretending to be somebody because he wants her to lead him to the bad guys because she's a girlfriend to Big Smith, the bad guy. So he's pretending to be some fucking, like, traveling salesman. They're on a coach together. He's like, what do you sell? What's in the sample case? And he's like, oh, well, let's see. And he opens it up. And it's, like, very ornate, like... Horse grooming equipment. Mm-hmm. It's like a like brushes and kind of like spiked pad, like big metal brushes. These big, huge things that look—they're like ornate, but they're clearly like tools. Yeah, yeah. And she's immediately like, "Ooh, I'd like to try that one out." It's like, what? Why? No, what are you talking about? <laughs> that looked like that would hurt you a lot, not in like a fun way. Wait. That's, that's dangerous equipment. Well, it seems like you're like, I guess you're into that. Like, I, I, she's, yeah, she's like just into extreme BDSM. For sure. And like not afraid to talk about it. Oh, no. She's got no shame. Well, not that I, she should, but she has no shame. And I feel like she's she's supposed to play in stark contrast to the other woman we're introduced to. Right. Who is, uh, I cannot remember her name. She is a recurring character. She comes back again. Yeah. Um, and she's, she's like, like very tomboy Tomboy. She doesn't want any tra- guff. Like, so there we see a cowboy trying to like, ah, come on, baby, just give me one kiss. And she fucking kicks him in the dick. Mm-hmm. Um, she accidentally punches Bruce Campbell. Uh, that's a fun gag. I love, fun gag. And that's how they meet. I love a punching the wrong person because of a duck. Yeah. Or like, like, it's pretty classic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she is John Aston uh, uh, Gomez Adams' uh, niece, I believe. Something like that. 
a younger counterpart Part, of yeah. some relation. Um, John Aston, by the way, we should talk about Gomez Adams. He is a weird inventor. Yes. Uh, he's work- at one point he's working on a rocket. Uh, he also invented a uh, like a scuba suit, mm-hmm. uh, like an old timey diving bell scuba suit, but way before the, like the first one or whatever. We're going to see him throughout the show, and he's going to have gadgets and things. He's sort of like the M, or no, is it Q? Q. Yeah, the yeah, Q yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, so, so Dixie Cousins is singing. Here's a question about Dixie Cousins. She's singing this song. And I do not remember what it's called, but it's basically like, oh, come over and fuck me sometime. Like, it's actually the name of the song. You could change every one of her lines to, do you want to fuck me? Yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. And well, it'd be every like, one of her lines is a sexual double entendre. Oh, every, uh, She I, delivers no exposition that isn't just done through sexual entendre. She doesn't answer a question that's no. not. Like, yeah, it's like, hey, are you hungry? I'm hungry for something. Like, it's never, <laughs> everything it's just, is just something. It's some fucking coy line of fucking. But then here's my question. Is she Jewish? Oh, I have no clue. I like th- the actress? No, the character. Because in that song, she ends that song, she goes, ah, oh. what a mensch. And it's like the last line of the song. And then when they're in the the uh, the the coach, uh, eventually the two, and I, this gang, there's a lot of gangs. I laughed a lot. I laughed out loud a lot while watching this show. Uh, the two guys who are driving this, the coach are getting fucking hammered up there. Yeah. Getting wasted. And uh, they literally fall off the wagon. And the wa- the coach is now, they're on a runaway stagecoach. Leads but us they, to a great commercial break. Great, again, it's another one. And here's why. Like, so they fall off and they look and they're like, what's going on? So, uh, like, Bruce Campbell's like, again, like, he's like, it happens to him all the that time. That delivery like, is, is so, so good. good. He's just like, not not stressed at all, just annoyed. Yeah, just yeah. like, like oh, damn it. Oh my God. Uh, and she looks out and she sees that they fall off the thing and she goes, "Oi!" Like she's like, I think she were meant to believe she's kind of Jewish. I guess so. Yeah, because those weird, are just, she like, throws in. Yeah, I, I I did notice the mensch, but yeah, she definitely throws in some Yiddish. Yeah, it just and and like it's it just seems like an odd bit of character note to the point where I think maybe she brought it. Like she's like, okay, I'm gonna be this incredibly horny woman, but I want her to have like a little something else. So I'm gonna make her a little. Jew- I'm gonna make her Jewish. I'll give her like one other character trait besides horniness. It's- <laughs> It's either that or one writer was like really like like in the room and just like, hey hey Tom, is it okay if we make Dixie um like can we have her be like an immigrant in this way and she's Jewish yeah, and like yeah, yeah. the have like, a story for the showrunner's like yeah whatever man just yeah, put it in there yeah, like yeah, just make sure she's horny <laughs> exactly <laughs> whatever background you want <laughs> um she <laughs> oh man um. So they they jump off the wagon to the, and they land essentially at the feet of Big Smith and the rest of his gang. Uh huh. They're gonna. They, she's fine, but they're gonna kill Bruce Campbell. But he, Bruce Campbell's like, she's like, don't you understand? He's somebody. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, I was lying about being Orville Boogan Packer or whatever the fuck the name he gave her. Uh, I'm actually uh, Kansas Jim. Pete or some shit, whatever the Kansas Jimmy Smith or whatever his name yeah. is, a famous outlaw, and one of the guys like, oh, the I, I saw him kill five guys in a bar fight. Of course, I was pretty in my cups at the time, so I didn't get him <laughs> in his face or whatever. Um, so, uh, <laughs> my, uh, in that moment, the guy's like, "Where are you from?" And then he's like, doesn't say anything. And you're like, and the rest of the gang's like, answer the question. And they're cocking guns, and he's like, Kansas. <laughs> And they're like, checks out. I fucking just really love it. Uh, 
they take them back to their t- the town they hang out in, which is described as uh, it was like a coal town, but all the coal mine the coal mine ran dry or whatever. Yeah. He's like, and now the mayor runs the brothel. What was it? The mayor runs the brothel. The ministers are drunk, and so oh, the the mayor runs the brothel. The sheriff is something, and the ministers are drunk. And it's like so the town is just like crazy fun for out. It's like where all the outlaws live. Um, he's pretending to be his guy, so he's like riding with them to figure out what their big scheme is, what their plan is, or whatever. And he, John Aston, John Aston drops and knocks over fucking Pete Putter. Pete Putter's gonna kill him. Uh, fucking Bruce Campbell takes Pete's gun out of his hand real fast, but Pete's like, I've been told I'm the fastest gun this west of the uh, Colorado. And mm-hmm. like, uh, Bruce Campbell's like, Well, I'm not that good at geography, which I, again, I enjoy. Um, it takes a gun out of his hand and everybody freaks out. They're all oh, like, you're touching Pete's piece. Nobody touches Pete's piece. And Pete's like, you're touching my piece! Like, he's free, <laughs> fucking freaking out. And it is the filthiest, like, yeah. repression moment. Like, it's like it, that is some, I was molested as a child and now I have serious boundary issues when it comes to sexuality moment I have ever seen. It's very weird. Very, yeah. very, like, like penis-coated. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, well, also, his, he gets into another sort of Christopher Lloyd, he gets sort of into this voice that's like the bad guy from Who Framed Roger Rabbit, <laughs> where he's like, like, and, yeah, like, I killed him! Like, yeah, 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 absolutely. So these really... High parts where I'm like, who are you playing? But then he also will go off on these very weird soliloquy as tangents. Yeah. So at one point he's like, he's gonna kill. He's like, he wants to kill fucking uh, John Aston for knocking him over or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bruce Campbell's like, forget about it. And he go, I didn't write the whole thing down. He goes, forget about it. You mean like rip it from my memory, like a picture from a book, a picture of a young boy with big ears who just wanted to be loved and have friends. But I mean, and it goes on and on and on from there. It's like because he's like, uh, but everybody just made fun of him because one day he showed up to school and he forgot to put on pants. Like he's just this long ass thing out of nowhere. And it's like I fucking love that guy. Dude. Yeah, there's, great. There's great. really good comedy writing in this. Yeah. Of, like playing with like uh, the juxtaposition of like seriousness and then like a funny end to a story or like yeah, yeah. like hyper serious about a stupid thing like that right and then yeah like there's definitely some like weird like you could like if this show was made now his character would actually have like really heavy shit going on yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, no yeah, you can't yeah, touch yeah, yeah. Pete's piece you don't understand <laughs> yeah like, and like yeah 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 because no one would have screamed everyone would be like okay and someone would be like look you don't understand but Pete's piece is like actually very important. He's been doing real work to try to get over <laughs> He's this. Like really, yeah, yeah. It's like it was really like a quiet moment. It wouldn't be this big broad thing. <laughs> uh, we basically find out that uh, they're going to rob this gold uh, delivery train. There's a train full of gold with the same tactic they used previously. The, I, I think that. Well, no, it's a different tactic this time. What oh no! This do, is the diverting, right? They yes. basically are building a a split into the train track, mm-hmm. where they'll ride the train track through this tunnel that is uh, going to be full of knockout gas. My favorite, I, like it is such an Adam West Batman fucking thing. We just have knockout gas, knockout gas, sleep powder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's sleep powder in the next episode. Oh, for sure, love it, absolutely. Uh, and then. The train is going to naturally come to a halt because there's a dead man switch. Once the, the guy driving the train is knocked out, the train will come to a stop. They'll go on and take all the gold. Um, 
we find out again that the uh, what the becoming known as the orb, uh, that weird gold thing from the beginning of the episode, is being transported on the same train because the government is claiming ownership over it. They yeah. take it to the Smithsonian to have it investigated. But the main Baron guy doesn't want to give the thing up. But we eventually find out, spoiler alert, he's a bad guy and he's given Billy Drago and his gang the schedule of the train so that they can rob it, they get to keep the gold, he wants the, he wants the war. Mm-hmm. Bruce Campbell eventually figures out uh, what's going on, he's going to stop him, but they're so far ahead of him that he can't possibly catch up. So he goes to Sean Astin, and Sean Astin has been building this rocket, as we mentioned before, so he just straps the rocket to like a, a cart on the railroad, puts a saddle on it, and fucking rides a rocket to catch up with the fucking trade. And it's it's not played deadly seriously at all. There's definitely like, oh, well, there's still the camp at. But it's not like played for dumb. It's played for, oh, well, that's the only option we have. Yeah, this makes ride. the most sense. This makes the most sense in this moment is to ride this fucking goofy rocket. There were so many things going on with that that felt so strange to me because, like, one... If he, I was like trying to do again, like putting in real world things. I was like trying to do like a weird math problem in my head of like, all right, so how fast but do I think this train is going? Is he going to catch up and hit it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, but a rocket with a man on it leaves station exit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like I was thinking about it, I was like, there's no way this would work. Like it would, it would leave the track. Yeah, like yeah, if yeah. it's going fast enough, like it wouldn't maintain. Yeah, like, there's also not enough it weight. Work. No, obviously, uh, like, <laughs> it's a rocket. It's going to go up. <laughs> It's very silly, but I, got, I, I got but also way I was too like, oh, it. makes perfect sense. Yeah. I get it. That's, that's of course that's what you're going to do. Um, he catches up with the train. There's a good fight. Uh, he he uses the orb to block some bullets, and then he throws it at. Uh, they're like fighting on the train, and like there's an open door. Big Smith and him are trying to throw each other out. And he throws the orb at Big Smith, which knocks him out of the train and off a bridge into the fucking river. We did forget to mention an. Uh, well, we'll get back to it. I'll tell it. I'll, I'll get back to it in a second. Knocks him into the river. He is safe today, but now the orb is out there somewhere. It's in this fucking river. Mm-hmm. Bruce Campbell goes back. He confronts the Baron guy, who at this, that's when we realize he's the bad guy who's giving up the schedule for the train. For sure, yeah. <laughs> And uh, the guy's like, yeah, I wanted the orb because it gave these coolies enough fucking power to break their chains and give super like, strength of 12 men. Uh, and he's like, yeah, whatever. How do you know that? And he says, well, because I kept one of the rods because those, like, those rods that are sticking out of the orb like come out. He's like, I took one for myself. And all of a sudden he hits fucking Bruce Campbell when he goes flying. So now this robber bear bad guy has fucking superpowers. Yeah. Um, He's throwing him around the room, and he's getting, like, progressively more zombie-looking in his face. Like, he's, like, turning evil and bad, yeah. and, and that's showing in his face. Sort of like the, the Emperor. Like, when the, yeah, whenever, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Palpatine first uses his, like, force lightning, yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. like, oh, now you're ugly. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and what, but, so then, like, Bruce hits him a couple times, gets him, like, well, not, not knocked out, but he's, like, laid out on the desk. And then the guy just turns to dust. Like, kind of out of nowhere. Well, and it's like, the idea... It's not really... We don't know anything about the orb, so I feel like we're going to keep finding out more things. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, obviously, that's going to be... I feel like... And knowing from what I've seen in the past, the orb will be coming in and out of this the run of this series. Yeah, and like, he actually had contact with it where and he had, the, he had he had kept the rod. He had yeah. taken one out of it and kept it. Whereas, like, the railroad workers were just in the vicinity of it. it yeah. Right? And then they, they had that moment and then they, they left. And so it but seems also like, yeah. I think, 
there is just based on this episode, not from previous prior knowledge, I think it's implying there's some implication that the orb is sort of a source for good. So, like, those men should not have been held in slavery, so it allowed them to free themselves. Okay. Whereas this guy is using the strength for evil, and it kills him. So, sort of like a weird, like, sort of like a Mjolnir situation. <laughs> like, you have to be worthy yeah. of its power. I think so. I, yeah. think that's what, I think that's what they're implying. Word. Um, the one thing we had forgotten to mention, and it's important only because we're going to talk about something in the next episode... Uh, after they touch Pete's peace, he they have to have a, a duel. But the only oh, way yeah. they're gonna get make peace with this is him and Bruce Campbell are gonna have a duel. So they go out to the fucking street. And they're like, oh, we're gonna have a duel. This guy taking duel. Classic yeah. duel. This guy taking bets. Classic duel. Uh, as he's they're doing their like, uh, are you ready for this? Blah blah blah. Uh, all of Pete's buddies are like taking up places around Bruce Campbell. There's one on a roof. There's one hiding behind a barrel. Whatever. And they're all pointing guns at him. Bruce Campbell notices, and uh, right when Pete draws, he just drops to the ground, and they all shoot each other. Mm-hmm. Spot on, every one of them shoots each other. They all drop dead. I think it's a fun gag. Uh, it also allows Bruce Campbell to be like, oh, he's a good guy. He still hasn't really killed. He, like he hasn't shot anybody, mm-hmm. but he you know he does kill Big Smith. But Big Smith did wasn't in, involved in murdering his father, so that's fine. Um, but he's still like a good guy and he's rough and tumble but he doesn't have to shoot anybody he allows him to keep that sort of very like golden boy image yeah I bring that up because Pete's in the next fucking episode and I'm very confused yeah I didn't understand that I didn't understand it either Pete's just in the next episode but he was clearly meant to have died like they all get shot they all pause and then they all drop down to the ground dead. like they're that he's supposed to be dead and, and Big Smith is like great job you just killed half of all like all my best guys or whatever yeah so, it's like, really strange and then he's just back in the next episode which I don't really understand and I didn't notice at first I was watching yeah. the next episode and I was like oh yeah and I was like Wait Wait a minute. Minute. yeah yeah but, that like, guy looks like Pete and I'm wondering do they shoot him out of order like or like do they release yeah, them out of no, order no, there's I mean, no that way that's the pilot, pilot. definitely the pilot uh, the, what I was saying about the moment of emotion that is uh, as I was watching this my girl, I was watching the Marisus here and I said like uh, I was like man I really I'm watching this and I don't understand why Bruce Campbell was never a bigger mainstream star mm-hmm. he, I was like he's got it all I literally said that I was like he's got it all he's, he's fucking handsome he's like funny he's charming as fuck he can do, like, physical action-y shit. Like, yeah. he should be a mainstream star. And then I saw him have to deliver the one moment of, like, real emotion. And I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> like, uh, he goes to his father's grave. And he's basically saying how, like, I have to take up in your footsteps and finish the job you started. And, uh, you know, it's hard that you're not here. But I've learned everything I know from you, blah, blah, blah. But he is doing the most, like, chin-quivering sad move it's so fucking hand-fisted and they get that like that kind of fits the tone of this show there's like weird golden like it's like a golden sunset yeah it's like that like like harpsichord music playing like whatever so like i get the kind of fits the tone but it is poor (laughs) well i think it also made me think of like because there's that he has that that similar thing when like he has to like kill linda or whatever evil dead sure 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 and i'm like okay this is what you do that's what you got this is what this is where you're at it's gotta be like super camp yeah and uh i mean good for him he had a career 
Yeah. I liked him on Burn Notice, but whatever, it's fine. Um, <laughs> good friend, that show was up for like six years. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had a spinoff. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember he had an episode that was like his story. I don't remember him having a spinoff. I think they have like a, it's like an, uh, a 90 minute movie. Oh, or right. Something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Um, Episode three. Oh, one other thing I want oh, to please, say from please, the pilot, please. real quick, yeah. is just um, on the bodiness of uh, Dixie. Oh, right, the right, scene right. where there he's trying to get information out of her in sure. bed, and like she is basically he's like, "Hey, I'm going to ask you some questions," and she's like, "Fuck me!" Yeah, and, and, and he's like, <laughs> "She's like undoing his pants." And yeah. Shit. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and he's like, "Well, what about this?" And everything is just turning. She's like. Basically, she's just like, if you, if I tell you, will you fuck me? Yeah. And then there's a point where she's so annoyed that he's not fucking her. She's like, oh, we're really doing a dance, aren't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. and then the back and forth, like every line is so silly. She's like, oh, we're really doing a dance, aren't we? And he's like, I can only dance if there's music, so it's about time for you to sing. And she's like, it's so silly, but also like. It's long. It's like she's just seriously. Why are you not in me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, to the point where when they meet Big Smith and they're uh, they're gonna kill him or whatever, and he they, he does the thing of like, oh, I'm this crazy gunslinger. She's like, oh, can we keep him? And she's like holding on to Big Smith. Like it's like. So you get to just get fuck toys? Like I don't this your relationship to me. She's she plays it like she's being poison ivy yeah, yeah, or yeah, something yeah, yeah, yeah. from like old school Batman. It's it's super it's real over the top. But yeah, I love it. Sure. And yeah, she's sure. I kinda want her I hope she's back. I hope she goes back. She's been around for a long time. She's in Melrose Place. She went on to be on uh I think Gossip Girl or Pretty yes, Little yes, Liars, yes, yes. one of those. Gossip two. Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like like a major part of that apparently. Um, I don't watch that show, but yeah, I mean she's um, been yeah, working. Yeah, yeah, everybody on the show continues to work because yeah. they're all really good, and there isn't really a weak link. And even like one of the like background gang guys is like two or three lines. I was like, oh, you were on like fifteen episodes of West Wing. Like they're all <laughs> fucking good. Um, episode three, yes, uh, I enjoyed because it's st- one. It started right away. No bullshit. There's a fucking chase. Uh, uh, Briscoe County Jr. and Lord Bowler are trying to catch this guy, and they're arguing about who's going to get the bounty. They're arguing in full-speed chase. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. like, Their horses are galloping, and they're next to each other having an argument. They did not hear anything no, the other one said. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, it's one of those things where, like, I don't know if you ever see this. It's a thing that annoys me in movies where... Um, like in, a, in like a Top Gun or like a jet fighter movie or whatever, jets will be flying and they'll have a conversation, but they'll like turn their head and look out the window at each yeah. other while we're having the conversation. What are you doing? They move your headphones, man. Also, look in front of you. You're flying a fucking plane. Eyes on the sky. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, um... Yeah, so they're having this conversation on galloping horses, and the guy that's getting away yeah. is have that horse is having a hard time, <laughs> like because yeah, they yeah. are right behind it the whole time. Like they really had to like try to stagger this chase because the yeah. other horses are too fast, maybe or like something. Uh, but yeah, no, those, those, they're gaining on him quite quickly. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they catch him. His name is John Randolph, I believe. Jack Randolph. Jack Randolph. Jack Randolph. And he is wanted for uh, killing people. I think he's also another one who was 
supposed to be involved in the death of, yes. of Briscoe's dad. Well, because every outlaw in the West yeah, yeah, took yeah. a shot at his dad. Yeah, like, absolutely. Because like, like, he arrested all of, all of them. Like, yeah. every one of them he arrested. Um, he would... Uh, uh, but he's... They want him because he has stolen uh, printing plates for money. Like, yes. the, from the mint. Uh, he has one, but he has a, a compatriot somewhere that has the other one. He is saying, no, you don't understand. You got the wrong Jack Randolph. I'm just a... I'm, it's not me. And the second he said that, I was like, oh, it's definitely him. Like, there's oh, no way it's not him. For it sure. the most obvious fucking thing, which is a, a little annoying because the main premise of this episode is that uh, Socrates' sister... Iphigenia. Thank you for saying that, because I certainly couldn't. Uh, um, I couldn't even hear it. Like, when they would say it, it just sounded like... Hum, hum, hum. Like, I couldn't... It didn't sound like words and letters. Yeah, and I'm glad they explained... Because like, like, later on, Briscoe's like, what the fuck's your name which about? Which Greek, yeah, which Greek <laughs> god is that? Like, whatever. Because uh, it's an obscure one. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, But, like, so it's Iphigenia, which every time she, someone said it, it just made me think of Mrs. Doubtfire, <laughs> which is, like, Euphigenia yeah, yeah, Doubtfire. Yeah, 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 and I was yeah. like, who is this Mrs. Doubtfire bitch showing up all of a sudden? Uh, um, she is coming to town to defend... Jack Randolph. Yes. Um, because she doesn't think he's guilty. That's initially what we're, we're led to believe. And yeah. she kind of lays out a reasonable case. She's like, no, there was no witnesses to who Jack Randolph looked like. This guy lived in this town. He said he lived in this town where he's in, which has now been flooded over. They made a dam and it's flooded over. All the people from that town you know, spread to the four corners yes. of the earth, so they can't find anybody to verify his story. Uh, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, that all kind of makes sense. Yeah, she's a little too confident in my because it does make sense. But then I'm also like, girl, you don't know any of this. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. You, have, you believe it a little, right, but, but you like, don't have any like you don't have any evidence. Neither side really has any evidence. Yeah, is actually the argument. Yeah, but she's was, like real. Like she's like, no, he didn't do it. You yeah. can't prove it. He didn't do it. Yeah. Right. Uh, there is, which leads us to a moment that I think is, is I is very much enjoy. So we meet. Uh, we see uh, John Aston again. Uh, Gomez Adams, and he's he working is, on his diving bell. He's working on his diving bell. He's going to—he's putting on a presentation to get investors so he can do real uh, testing. Yeah. Right now, he's only been in like a, a, a big bathtub, yeah. maybe like three feet underwater or whatever, and he needs to do like field research to see if it works. Uh, and <laughs> Bruce Campbell's a little shook. He's like, you know, I'm second guessing myself. Maybe she is right. Maybe there. Maybe this guy isn't who he says he is. And John Aston basically tells him like. Bruce Campbell's like, yeah, you know, she brings out about points. There's no witnesses. No one saw his face. Blah 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 blah. And John Aston's like, yeah, fuck that man. What you got? Like that's his whole his whole argument is like it says it in more flowers. Like the truth knows the truth. He's like this whole big spiel. But literally, he's like, yeah, fuck evidence, man. Just whatever you think. Yeah, he's also like, I like whenever he comes to talk to Bruce Campbell about it because he's just like, hey, buddy, is there anything I can help you with? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just kind of great. He's like always like kind of smiley and upbeat in a weird way. Yeah, it's it's really really pleasant. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is nice. This is a good relationship you have here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really did enjoy that. Um, She's like, this is, he got like, she visits him in jail a couple times, and he's like, look, I know I'm gonna die. So like, he is the dad from what show? It's driving me nuts is it because step I. Step by step? No. He no, is no, like, no. that's the, Peter he, Duffy. That guy's definitely been in shit. I feel like he's a sitcom father. 
Um, um, and it was like driving me nuts, but I should have looked it up um, whenever I was watching it because it was like it's not going to be he's not like a main character. Um, something I did want to say also before we completely move on sure. from Iphigenia. Yeah, yeah. I oh, think oh, she's gonna be back. Well, yeah, she's. I feel like she's actually two characters because there's Iphigenia and then there's whatever's happening with her hair. <laughs> um, her hair is simultaneously three hairstyles in every scene. <laughs> I don't. I, it's very strange. She almost has like a like a beehive at one point. She has this big tall thing at one point. Yeah, and then there's like the front is like permed ringlets with like weird bangs and weird sideburns. And then but the front of it's like that, and then she has like a weird like loaf of bread mullet yeah, on the back of that. Like strange. a really thick ponytail. It's very strange. And it's like I couldn't I paused and I couldn't make heads or tails of it. I was like you were doing so many different hairstyles right here. Oh, uh, Boy Meets World. There we go. He is the dad from Boy Meets World. All 154 episodes of Boy Meets World. Uh, I barely watched that show. Um, I for sure watched a lot of it. It's oh, more, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. you're I'm a little past it. other things that I would, yeah, I, I was like kind of just too old. But I've seen him in a, I, he's just been a TV dude forever. Like, I'm looking at this and it's like, he was on fucking Leverage. He was on Criminal Minds, NCIS, Vegas, NCIS Los Angeles. Like, he did, like, one episode of every fucking TV show in the world. I think the way that those shows work also is they're just, like, in, like, a shotgun version of a studio lot. And yeah. you, you, you film circuit, one, right? yeah, 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 and you just yeah, go, yeah, and you yeah, walk yeah. to the next room. They give you a different shirt. You yeah, walk to the next yeah, room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They touch your hair a little bit or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you make, like, you know, five grand. Just, like, do a little loop. Yeah, yeah. I think that's exactly right. So I do have a theory with her hair. One okay. more thing about it. I think that maybe one hair person person started it and then she went on break and then another one came back and was like I actually can't do what Rebecca was doing so I'm just going to do what I can do right I, that's, it sounds about right um, she this is where the episode takes a turn we find out basically he's like you've got it's like there's one person that could back up my story I was with her the night the robbery went down but she's married so she won't come forward but maybe if I can talk to her I'll convince her and he he gets her to break him out of jail by making a birthday cake full of sleep powder and this gag is so fun because like yeah, so right. the guard is like he walks up she walks up with the cake and the guard says like ah oh, isn't it a shock every fucking prisoner's birthday is that happens when they're in jail or whatever yeah uh, so he like cuts up the cake looking for the file there's no file they all eat the cake and then they fucking pass out. I was so grossed out also by this cake eating scene. Oh, but they're just with their hands. With their filthy Old <laughs> West hands yeah, into yeah, their yeah. gross Old West mouths. Yeah. And oh, they were disgusting. When they like, yeah, they're just really just like, just like shoving it in. And it's this weird chocolate cake. I was really grossed out by that whole yeah, direction. No, it was super gross. Uh, and I got annoyed in that moment. So when she breaks him out of jail, I'm like, oh, come on. I didn't. I didn't see the turn coming that she'd been that he'd been writing her love letters for months and months mm-hmm. and like whatever and like she was in love with him. I didn't see that turn. I thought he just she was like just so convinced of his innocence. Uh, but like I, in that moment, I was like, "What are you doing?" Like, no, your character is the like you're defending him because every fucking buddy is supposed to have a, a, a fair chance. Yeah. The legal system, you should all about the rules and whatever, and you break him out of jail. It doesn't make any sense. Um, it took her from being like a. 
somewhat annoying yet strong female yeah. character to being, being a dumb broad. Yeah, dumb broad. Like just they, like, oh, I fell for it. Yeah. Yeah, like I was, it was pretty disappointing, but I mean, I like, guess on par for the 90s, but I was like, sure. well, now she's just a dumb broad yeah, that, like, it was really fell annoying. in love with a murderer. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and that's, I think, why I was so disappointed because I was like, oh, she could be an interesting like addition to the show or like a nice counterpart to Socrates. No, she's just some fucking dumb who immediately. Falls in love with Bruce Campbell. Like, she's just for, like, love long fucking whatever. There, I mean, I think at least Dixie gets some agency in, like, her search for dick. Yeah, no, she just wants some dick. But she's not, like, and she's, like, she doesn't give up the gang. She never, like, whatever. She doesn't really give any information. She just wants dick. Yeah, and then. That's all agency. But, like, yeah, I think all of the women characters are written a little one dimensional in that sense, though, where it's like. Sure. Dick is like high priority, um, <laughs> which I get it. I'm about that life too, uh, um, <laughs> um, except for the tomboy. Niece yes, where is, Dick is no priority. She's not interested. No, but she's also not like she's not played lesbian. No, no, no. She's just like fucking like sort of asexual. But like, she's also got there's a little something brewing with her and, and Bruce. We'll see. I yeah. Um, Another thing about the escape. So they sleep. Powder the guards, right. and then she unlocks the cage, the, right. the cell to right. let him out. And then he gets a chair, smashes the window, and throws them out the window yeah. to get away in front of everyone. Yeah, broad daylight on the street. Like, like why didn't you walk out? Yeah, just walk out the front or door. Or why didn't you like open the window and then put slowly on, climb put down? Put on a cops. Uniform and pretend to anything because they also. I want to say it's a it's the stunt of them dropping looks like it didn't work that way. No, it because, looks like someone broke their butt bone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but they do like a like the old thing where they 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 drop onto an awning and that's going to break their fall. But it like only kind of half breaks their fall. They, whoever those stunt people are hit the ground fucking hard. Hard. I was yeah. like, I, I I clutched my pearls a little bit because I was like, <laughs> that's not how that's supposed to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the. First of two stunts I, I watched in this episode that I was like, well, that didn't work. Like, <laughs> there's one where, like, he... Well, I think we're going to get to it in, like, the natural progression of the episode. Okay. Um, but it's, like, where, like, he's going to leave her in the desert. Oh, yeah. And then, like, Bruce comes back and, and tries to... And they have to cut away because he, he goes, can't he get her on that horse. He's not get her on that horse. At all. So he goes to follow her because she's now being, like, he's with her. Uh, they think like she's been taken hostage or whatever, but not really. She's yeah, by Jack out. Randolph. Um, and he, like, Jack Randolph's like, yeah, by the way, I am Jack Randolph. I did steal that shit. You're fucking stupid. Peace. Leaves her in the fucking woods. Which I was like, ah, good. That's what you get, stupid. Uh, Bruce Campbell finds her. There's a little bit of like, yeah, you get what you get. And like, rides away. And she's like, what are you doing? And he comes back and tries to like do the scoop her up on the fly. And they decided to do a hard cut. Hard cut. I bet they tried that three or four times yeah, and they were like, no. we're burning daylight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> move it. Just move it. It's getting into overtime. Um, he follows him into a cave. Uh, he thinks he's got the drop on him, but he's hit by, uh, gets hit from behind by fucking Pete. Back from the dead. Back from the dead, and I was very confused. I wonder if that's going to be a thing. I hope Pete's is always back. I like Pete so much that I don't want him to go. I I want him to die and just keep coming back every episode. I wonder if he's being brought back to life. It could be. Maybe it's a supernatural element. I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't know. This show's weird. Um, and then they set them up in this weird... The best Bond villain fucking death machine crap. Goldbergian. It's so great. So... They tie him to a tree and they with have rawhide. With rawhide strapped around them and they pour water on the rawhide. 
Because as the rawhide then bakes in the sun with the water, it's going to make the rawhide constrict and, like, essentially cut them in half. It's going to bust them open. It's going to crush them, and then it's going to burst them open, and the guts are going to fall all over the place. That's what they yeah. say. But then also, also on top of that, there's a rifle that is set up with the same rawhide that will eventually, when that rawhide constricts a little later, because he pours water on it later, will shoot them both. Yes. So I do, it's like one or the other. You know what I'm saying? If, I, if you're going to, you literally say how that it's going to crush your ribs and your guts are going to spill out. That's all you need, man. You don't, I, that, you don't have to shoot them. Also, just pop them. Just shoot them. Like, Why are you trying to this tree in the first place, obviously? You're like, but it is the classic like, yeah. Bond villain like explaining the plan thing ever. Uh, and they get out of it by like twisting sideways, getting a little space, waiting, like dealing with the pressure until the rawhide pulls the trigger and then it shoots the rawhide. And it's basically shooting the noose again. They get it to shoot the rawhide yeah. between them and that's how they get loose. Um, which, sure. Sure. Whatever. In this Whatever. show, I'm fine with it. Like, it's goofy as fuck. They're literally about to go fucking find a man, fight a man in an old-timey scuba suit. So I really don't give a shit about this strap. It's <laughs> totally fine. The logic of it is totally fine. Um, and it gave us another great commercial break. Um, <laughs> yeah, it like, did. Peril commercial break. Uh, Lord Bowler shows back up, and he has been tricked by Bruce Campbell to go up to some place where there's a lot of bees. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't really understand. He's like, Jim, Jack Randall's ha- ha- like hiding in like bee bluff or whatever the fuck. Because he comes back covered in bee stings. Uh, and he won't, like, he's like, God, untie us and give us some water. And world's like, ah, fuck you, you got me stuck by bees. Uh, which allows them to, like, sleep the night and have this, like, bonding moment. Um, Socrates has also, in this time, been coming to find them. The C-plot is so good. Socrates has to come find them because he's like, oh, I haven't heard anything back. I was nervous for my sister. So he goes to leave, but being the, like, book ish nebbish guy that he is he's a diva kind of actually he's a wild diva he has so much luggage he has luggage that would only be like I never saw Sex in the City 2 but I'm assuming Samantha when they go to I I remember in the trailer there's like a they're in the desert and there's like a camel or something I would imagine when they go like they're gonna go in the desert Samantha has like 19 bags of luggage it's like it's like that kind of gag yeah and he's trying to like take this on a rescue mission yeah yeah it's like a huge backpack thing and like four of these bags he's like trying to get on this donkey he can't get on the, the donkey or whatever so he falls he leaves a bunch of it behind the next time we see him again uh, he's, he's like every time we see him he has less and less belongings eventually he loses the horse now it's just down to him walking with some like I think a canteen or whatever um, the other great thing is when Pete and Jack Randolph leave they take Comet yes and Comet eventually like stays with them for a long enough time so that he can take a clue and then run back to uh, Bruce Campbell. Yeah, so this is a preternaturally clever horse. Oh, yeah, no, it's he's it's beyond that. Like he breaks, he has saved them multiple times in the previous episode. Lord Bowler and him get themselves tied to railroad tracks. Yes, and the horse comes and is the one to save them uh, by like cutting the rope with his foot. Um, so yeah, so Comet is beyond smart. Uh, he brings back the newspaper clipping of the... So what we find out is the other printing plate was hidden in the floor of his house, of Jack Randolph's house in Gravesend. But Gravesend is now under, entirely underwater because they've made this dam. Uh-huh. It's just a lake now. Um, so he's going to use the 
scuba suit, he gets kidnapped on acid and makes him bring the scuba suit thing so that he can go underwater and dig up this plate. Now, the scuba suit thing is like an old-timey, like, diving bell. So it's attached metal. to the surface. So and it's got belts. a hose, and there's, like, a bellow that's breathing air or yeah. whatever into him. So it's a huge contraption. Um, so that's why they can't just steal that. They have to have John Asson there to, like, work the thing. Mm-hmm. Um... We find out in the beginning of this episode that Lord Bowler can't swim. He falls into some water and he's like, oh, you gotta save me. And I'm like, how do you stand up? It's like yeah. two feet of water. Which is why I don't understand his plan for, like, he, he shows up and he has a plan. He's got a log and he's holding the log and he's using it to float behind. And he's going to sneak up above them on the raft with the thing and take him out. It seems like an odd plan for a man who doesn't know how to swim. It, very odd. Uh-huh. Um, um, very cavalier. Also, there's a moment where, like, uh, if the Janiyah is like, is it, is that a crocodile? Yeah. And it's like, no, bitch, it's a log. Definitely it's not. It's a log with a black man behind like, it. You can see not. both things. Like, yeah, like, what do you mean? Yeah, like, yeah. What, like, like, yeah, you can clearly see both things. Like, I know you fell in love with this guy from, like, Love Letters, and you're a little gone, but, like, but that's... But also, the craziest thing, line there is she goes, is that a crocodile? And then Bruce Campbell's like, uh, no, it's fresh water. They live in salt water. Like, they, like yeah. that's his response. Not no, but it's just a log. When he's like, oh, we're and we're above the equator yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has like a bunch of like science reasons why it's not a fucking from his Harvard education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it made me laugh. Uh, uh, so calamity happens. Uh, they see <clears throat> Pete's on the raft. He starts shooting at Lord Bowler. Lord Bowler now has loses the rat the log, so he can't swim. So. Uh, Sean Astin tries to like hit the, it's a big fucking calamitous scene it's actually so fun. pretty well it's yeah, really like, pretty fun the choreography of this I was like I'm in like yeah. there's like Sean Astin with the oar yeah. and then uh, Iphigenia is swimming out to save Lord Boulder yeah. and then Socrates, Socrates is swimming out to help save as well. Bruce Campbell ends up uh, so he knocks like one of the guns out of Pete's hand into the water and uh the guy underneath sees the gun and realizes something's wrong. So he uh, goes back up to the surface. Here's what I don't understand. You have to get... They have to, like... Wet, I guess he pulled himself up. Because there's, like, a wrench. There's, like, a wench that yeah. they use to... Like, they're supposed to use to pull him up. But he comes back up to the surface, grabs Bruce Campbell, and, and dives back down to the bottom. To have... An underwater fight, yeah. um, which is amazing. Which is pretty fantastic. The only way it would have been better is if Bruce Campbell had a knife in his teeth, because I feel like that's the classic underwater fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, it's not even a fight. He's just bear-hugging him, because if he sits down at the bottom with him, then he'll drown, and he's still in the fucking yeah. tank. Uh, but Bruce Campbell gets the plate away from him, uses that to crack a thing on the on the helmet that lets, starts letting water in, so he lets go. He goes back up to the surface. There's a fight with Pete. Pete dies into the water, never to be seen again. It's very strange. Like, he doesn't come back up and swim the shore. He's just gone. He dove in the water to get his piece, right? I think so. Yeah, I think, I think he went to get his He needs that again. piece. Oh, Pete really needs... Yeah, you're right, because John Essen throws the fucking gun into the <laughs> Yeah, because he's going to shoot him, and then right. he's like, whatever, I'm going to throw your piece out yeah, there. Yeah. And he's like, wow! <laughs> you're right, that's exactly what he did. Um, they try to wrench him back up to the surface... But the rope is snapped because they, there's so much more weight now that there's all this water in the suit. Mm-hmm. They can't lift him up. He's dead under the water. Uh, they've got the plate. In a nice, in what I thought was a fun turn, uh, Iphigenia is, oh, proud of myself. I'm there you go. Iphigenia. It feels nice when you can actually say it. <laughs> um, 
If Janaya is ready to turn herself into jail, because she did break this man out of prison. And uh, she should. She 100% should be going to jail. She is a fucking idiot and committed a serious crime. I was kind of mad. Yeah. Um, the treasury officers show up, and she's like, take me to jail. She like, puts her hands out like classic cuff me pose. Uh, and Bruce Campbell has, he's like, don't, uh, thank you so much for your great service. And she's like, what? It's like, you know, Bruce told us everything about how you broke him out so that you could, with his help, so that we could lure him to finding the second plate. Because without finding that plate, he could have, if he had found that plate, he could have destroyed our whole economy. And yeah. this was all a plan all along. It wasn't really a breakout, blah, blah, blah. So thank you so much. And then Fidana just goes back to... New York, I think. She's going to do it again. She's like, going to go do some more... To go back and be... Uh, yeah. Do some like more the, fuck shit. Like, next, yeah, I feel like the next time you see her, she's going to be, like, raising ostriches or some horseshit scam. Because <laughs> some dude she likes convinced her that's going to be the new red meat because it's so lean. Just some bullshit. Like, like, it's not even always just crying. She's just always going to be in some bullshit with a dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, it just seemed like there was no lesson learned from this whole interaction. No, none. And then her brother and her are just like... Oh, this is dope! Yay! Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, it's so great! You don't have to go to jail. High five! Yeah, and it's like, well, ugh, you know, and I was, I was watching it, and I was like, uh, uh, <laughs> I did have like a moment where I was like, yeah, that that is how it would work out for this white lady, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, all's well that ends well. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, and her hair is a different hairstyle again. Oh, she yeah. had her going to jail hairstyle on, which was a little bit more subdued. Yeah, it was a little bit more like down. It was a little more down. Yeah. Uh, um, I like this episode very much. Uh, it was, it, I think, a smart move to do an episode that is all nat- There's no like sci-fi or weird element really. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of technology with the scuba suit, but it's really just a straight Western episode. Yeah. Uh, coming off the pilot, I think that's kind of a smart move. Establish some reality in the show. Also establish that, yeah, not every episode is going to be weird. Some of them are just going to be cool, fun Western times, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, it's like, because it's like a X-Files, like mythology yeah, versus Monster, Monster of the Week. Of the week. And this is like criminal of the week yeah that's exactly right and then so we'll like get- when we get back to Billy Drago and the orb that's mythology and then otherwise it's gonna be you know burglar yeah criminal of the week or whatever yeah yeah which Absolutely. I think is a fun structure they, sure. they, those patterns exist for a reason you yeah. need a break that's that's actually my problem what I like about this era of TV is that my problem with shows like Lost or Fringe or shows that I are uh, kind of liked but I was sure. like they're exhausting because yeah. it's constant, important information. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, I love a monster of the week. Sure. Like, yeah. No, I, I think that was, uh, like, yes, I understand that a lot of prestige television now, you know, television doesn't really do that so much. Uh, Supernatural kind of did. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Um, I get that it's a different time or whatever, but I do miss, I feel like X-Files worked so well because of that pattern, because of that you get this monster of the week very often some of them are some of the best episodes yeah. and then when you get a mythology episode or two or three sometimes they do a run it's even more important and more special it's like oh fucking awesome yeah. man or fucking whatever and you get these little bits I thought this was a great episode yeah I really enjoyed like, it easy breezy not super tied to like mythology or like the story I am super excited to continue watching this show yeah um Again, we are going to be doing three episodes of the show. Normally we do two, but this is a very long season. It's 27 episodes. Yeah. 
um, which is already which is kind of interesting in and of itself. Yeah, because um, I feel like the standard is like twenty two to twenty four. Yeah, it was. Pre- I mean, twenty two is pretty standard. Twenty four is even a little long. Twenty seven is like that's a lot. Yeah, um, particularly for a show like this, which is like a lot of shit going on. It's like a lot of action and set pieces and stuff. You know what I mean? It seems like there's a lot of budget behind. It. I hope there's. I, I'm really hoping that the finale feels at least kind of like. Like somewhat of a wrap up. Yeah, I, that, I, I'm I hope really so. Hoping. I hope so. I don't know because I do not remember. Yeah, but I do hope so. Um, what do you got to plug? Uh, Where can we find you on the internet? You can find me at michaelfolk.com um, or on Twitter, Michael Folk, Instagram, Michael Folk. Um, F O U L K. Everybody. That, yep. 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 Um, you got shows coming up. I've got when is this coming out? Um, this will be out on Thursday. I've got your Thursday show um, at the end be, of the yeah. month. Yep, um, at Barracuda. Um, I've got FPIA on the 18th. FPIA season is back. This is Austin, Texas. If you're in Austin, listening, funniest person in Austin contest is happening in Cap City. From now until the fucking end of time. Yep. It goes on for a very long time. I'm doing some laugh damn it stuff. Cool. Uh, filling in for Avery um, at Highball. Yeah. I'm running like a laugh. I'm, I'm working with Derek on Laugh Darn It, the kids <laughs> version. Oh, uh, I'm kind of I'm so that. excited. That sounds real fun. And it's like me, Vanessa, oh. Rob Gagnon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's perfect. I'm so excited. Uh, let's talk about Queer Film Theory real fast. You're running that show now, right? It's called Queer Film yes. Theory, yes? So the next one of that is on May 1st. Um, it's at Barrel of Fun, which is at the new Alamo Draft House Mueller location. Yeah, it was so dope. Um, it's basically having queer art artists talk about two films and we show clips and everything uh, that were influential on them uh, in their queer identity but the films like don't include queer characters right so it's not like doing like two wong fu yeah, yeah it's yeah. like doing steel magnolias right. or doing um i did nightmare on elm street 2 freddy's revenge Ooh, boy. Um, which is so gay it's and, the gayest but it, like i think it's it is so clearly intentionally gay. Yes, you know what I mean. Like, there's no that wasn't they didn't make a movie and go, oh shit, we fucking made a pretty gay movie here. There is it is so just specifically that. Yes, yeah, it's fantastic. It's, um, and so it's a really fun show, and Barrel of Fun is really great. It's free, uh, free entry. They've got really great cocktails, and it's a fun space. Uh, but I'm so excited. I, if I can somehow find a way to create just like a bunch of queer shows and like have a little uh, queer free show yeah. empire, yeah. I would be so happy. That's tight. Yeah. Uh, so definitely check that. What's the next one you said? May first. May first. So definitely go for that. I am check my website because I just put a bunch of dates up. But uh, this will be out after this thing. It's this Wednesday, but it'll be too late for that. I am running a show called Heartthrob every Monday in April at Barracuda. Uh, that's a free show. Doors are at 9.30, show at 10. So come out for that. It's going to be super fun. Um, got a like, crazy good lineup. I actually accidentally noticed... Uh, accidentally. I was booking the shows, and I just went, like... I booked them all in a batch, and I just looked. And I just booked everything. And then I looked, and I realized, like... Oh, I booked full... I booked all female headliners... For that show, for those shows, every 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 Monday it's a different. Oh, dope! Headline. completely by accident because there are so many goddamn dope ass women in this town doing comedy that like I didn't. It wasn't like oh I'm gonna be progressive and make a fucking yeah. whatever. It just happened because that's how fucking good the women in this town are doing comedy. Um, for sure. So definitely come out to that. Um, I am headlining Cap City on Wednesday. 
April 12th, I think, is the date? Yes. April 12th is the date. It's just a one-nighter, but then I'm headlining again for a week at the end of May. Uh, Moon Tower Comedy Festival is around the corner. I got a bunch of shows doing on that. That's April 19th to the 20-something, whatever. Um, If you are in Las Vegas, I'm coming out to do the Crapshoot Comedy Festival um, in May, I think May 18th through the 20th, I think is those dates. Come out for that. Uh, There's a bunch of great comments on that festival. If you like the show, rate, review, subscribe. Please tell your friends. Um, You can find me at Chris Cubis, at Castle Pod. If you have ideas for the show, send them out to me. Uh, I've been thinking what I'm going to do for the next one, and man, it's going to be a fucking... Ah, Some of you might like it. I think some of you might hate it, but I think it's going to be fun. Um, But keep it in mind, and we'll see you next week.